listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Good morning and welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have uh, Mac from Rare Breed Ventures. So Mac, in one line, can you give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund? Sure. My name is McKeever Conwell. Most people know me as Mac. Uh, I am the managing partner and founder of Rare Breed Ventures. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Mac, what inspired you to become a venture capitalist or a GP or an investor? Uh, I guess what inspired me was having been an entrepreneur, right? Every entrepreneur believes they can be an investor. When you start pitching to investors, you're like, these folks aren't smarter than me. I I could do this. And so I just figured, just like any other entrepreneur, like if I ever have the chance, I would love to do this work. And I happened to be working at a marketing firm in Baltimore when in 2016, I was in the office one day and this video comes up on YouTube and it's this gentleman sitting in his car who lets the officer know that he had a firearm in his car and that he was getting his defamation and the cop ultimately killed him. That was Philando Castillo. And it just so happened that same week that happened, the organization I was working for started soliciting the National Rifle Association for a contract to do some marketing Mm -hmm. websites for them. And so when they won that contract, I quit. And I quit on a Friday. Had no clue what I was going to do with myself or what my next thing was going to be. And the very next Monday, I got this email saying that the investment arm for the state of Maryland was hiring. And I figured I'd give it a shot. And four months later, I was working at the Maryland Technology Development Corporation of Tedco, which is the largest funder of early stage tech companies in the state of Maryland. That's how I got into venture. Wonderful. Wow, that's a cool story. So tell me a little bit about your investment thesis and what is the motivation behind your investment thesis? Yeah, so our investment thesis is essentially we're looking to invest in companies outside of the major tech hubs, so outside of Silicon Valley, New York, and Massachusetts, where 75% of all venture capital goes. We're looking to invest larger dollar amounts at the pre-seed and seed level. So okay. really at pre-seed, we're looking to do larger checks. So we're talking about like 250000 and maybe more. I'm really trying to put in as much money as reasonable as early as possible into a company, all kinds of companies. So we're industry agnostic. We don't do life sciences. We'll do just about anything else. And what we look for in the companies we invest in is if it's a software or tech-enabled company, we like to see a clearly repeatable or unique customer acquisition strategy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a lot of customers, but you need to know how you get your customers. And we right. look for physical products in the consumer markets that have lacked innovation for 10 or more years, these legacy markets. And oh, the motivation for that is I backed into that thesis. 
So when I worked for the investment arm of the state of Maryland, I started a pre-seed fund specifically for underrepresented founders. Mm-hmm. And while doing that, and I was thinking about the kind of thesis I would want for my own fund, I looked at the companies that were doing the best and the ones that I got the most excited about, and they kept hitting these same themes, right? They kept hitting yeah. the themes of clearly repeatable, unique customer acquisition strategy mm-hmm. or products and markets that mm-hmm. lack innovation. And so yes. I just took the best of what I was doing already. He just said I would double down on that. So that's how my thesis came about. That's awesome. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? So I'm doing, I'm reading more on Whitney Young. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, Whitney M. Young Jr. was a civil rights leader. He was a friend of Martin Luther King. And when you look at the, the civil rights leaders, the thing that makes Whitney distinct is he's actually, he has a distinction of being the individual who brought in the most money to the movement. Because what Whitney oh, Young did was he was the mediator between access to jobs in the black community mm-hmm. and the connection to corporate America. So he okay. made relationships with heads of business in corporate America and got them to understand the value of hiring black workers mm-hmm. and investing in movements that supported black people. Cause ultimately it would lead to these companies making more money. So Whitney Young was the guy behind the scene in boardrooms trying to make deals happen to fund other things happening for Black people. So the book I'm reading right now on him is called The Militant Mediator. Mm-hmm. He, he was like the ultimate code switcher. Like he could be in the room with the Fortune 500 companies and then be in a rally talking about with the, people. You know, the Black people and Black mm-hmm. you know, issues. And so he is my hero and the person I look to be. Like, and I'm now spending more time digging into his background, learning more about him. Mm-hmm. In two years, Mac, which we'll be talking before two years, but in two years, here's your bonus question. Where do you see investing or venture capital evolving to? In two, I think we're going to see, and some of this has to do with COVID, some of this has to do with George Floyd. We're going to see money flowing to more diverse founders, Mm-hmm. And we're going to see money flowing to founders outside of those major tech hubs more than ever before. A lot of it because more and more investors are just getting comfortable meeting founders and making investments over Zoom. Because right. for the last year, that's what we've had to do. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the idea of a company in Kansas City not wanting to invest in them because they're not close to you, it's not so much a thing anymore. So I think we're going to see more and more of that mm-hmm. over the next two years. We're also going to see this trend of VCs going to Miami. That's here to stay. Like, that's not changing. Like, we're going to see a lot of capital go into the Miami ecosystem. And that's on the flip side, we're going to see a lot of capital flow into the Oklahoma, into Tulsa, Oklahoma. So those oh, two spots yeah. I tell mm-hmm. people to, to look Oklahoma. out for. Miami's interesting because all the VCs are, are going there now because during the pandemic, there's no reason to stay in San Francisco. Go wherever you want. Right. Um, Tulsa, Plus there's tax advantages. Think about all the different advantages they're, they're, being in Florida in general, no not taxes. just Miami, but I mean, there's yes. tax advantages. There's other kind of advantages to being in a place where you have no, no taxes. Yes. And, you have uh, and, great and the climate beaches. is very similar as well. Going from some, actually San Francisco to Miami, the climate is far superior, actually, in my opinion. I, I would agree. Although watch out for the hurricanes. 
<laughs> Everybody says that, but Miami actually didn't get hit by that many hurricanes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then Tulsa, that's where Black Wall Street was. And so the Kaiser yeah. family, the largest foundation in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is pumping a lot of money into building up that ecosystem mm-hmm. and, and recreating um, that Black Wall Street. So those are two places to keep an eye on. And then also we're going to see a, a shift in the idea of catering the pro- of investing in products that are catering to millennials and so on. And we're going to see a more focus on Gen Z is going okay, to start yeah. to round out more and more in the focus. Because if you look at Gen Z is like at the top of the Gen Z list, you got people from the ages of like 20 to 24. Mm-hmm. And so they're moving into that pathway of being a large portion of the purchasing power in America. So we'll see, we'll start to see a shift in that direction as well. Very interesting. All right. How do people get into contact with you, Mac? The best way to get in contact with me is to follow me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter That's handle right. is Twitter Mac, King. Mac Conwell, M-A-C-O-N-W-E-L-L. The name is Mac the VC on Twitter. Mac the um, VC. Mac is very me. active on Twitter. FYI. <laughs> I am super active on Twitter. That's how follow Mac me. and I connected up on Twitter. <laughs> this is true. This is how I connect with a lot of people. Follow yep. me on Twitter. Send me a DM. That is the best way to get in touch with me. Wonderful, wonderful. So thank you so much, Mac, from Rare Breed Ventures for being our guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Appreciate it. Have fun time. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion-dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin t-r-a-i-l-y-n dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.